Empieza la, la cancioncita. Eh. Hola amigos, bienvenidos a Too Much of Half. Hoy abrimos el podcast con una introducción de Rodrigo y Mía, platicándoles un poco de nuestra experiencia como alguien que creció en México y en Estados Unidos. Quisimos empezar a hacer este podcast porque es un tema que siempre sale cuando estamos juntos, de pues, haber vivido en los dos países y cómo a veces no necesariamente que me sienta a veces muy americana o me sienta muy mexicana, pero o sea, cuando estoy en México me recuerdan que, ay, qué gringa eres y cosas así. Y no me siento a veces como parte de, aunque me sienta 100% mexicana. Y cuando estoy en Estados Unidos, es un país donde me, sí, pues me pueda sentir yo a gusto, donde me puedo adaptar fácil, pero luego también igual salen esos temas de que, ah, eres mexicana, o tu acento, de dónde eres, cosas así. Y siento que no somos los únicos que se sienten nunca ni de aquí ni de allá. Y estamos como una mezcla, como en el puente, o sea, en la mitad. Sí, siento que mucha gente se identificaría con esto, porque hay 20 millones de, no, 15 millones de inmigrantes mexicanos en Estados Unidos. Yo siento que la mayoría es así, ¿no? Eh, la mayoría de los inmigrantes es el clásico de los papás que se fueron de jóvenes y los niños ya son completamente americanizados. Entonces, para la gente que... Sí, porque no hay muchos americanos que se van a México, pero... Eh, americanos. Eh, pero siento que es así la, por la mayoría. Pero eso no quita que toda esa gente siempre esté regresando a México y que les encante todo el mundo, los que conozco, que, los que conocí, que sus papás eran uh, de aquí y que iban cada vacaciones, cada fin de semana, era como su, lo más guau que tenían, ¿no? Irse para México. Pero también hay muchísima gente que... Son como nosotros, ¿sabes? Que, que tienen la libertad de irse de un lado a otro eh, y no necesariamente se van por necesidad. Y siento que ahí es donde más sienten este sentimiento que te estás diciendo de que no se sienten ni muy de un lado ni de otro, ¿no? Que, que al final de cuentas siento que es, un, que es algo muy americano, ¿no? Porque como Estados Unidos es un país de inmigrantes, como que todo el mundo se siente arraigado por sus raíces, pero también se siente eh, arraigado por eh, Estados Unidos. Pero bueno, cuéntanos pues, tu experiencia, o sea, porque tú dices de que yo soy el más afortunado, que no necesito necesariamente estar en Estados Unidos y que me puedo mover fácilmente de, de los, entre los países. Bueno, de introducción a Rodrigo. Eh, <risa> yo soy de, de Morelia, Michoacán. Arriba el Morelia, que lamentablemente ya no es equipo de fútbol, eh, se fueron a Mazatlán. ¿En serio? No sabía. <risa> Qué triste. Sí. Están tristísimos mis amigos. No manches. También, no, yo, yo lloré un poquito. Crecí, crecí, soy mexicano, mexicano, mexicano. O sea, yo no tengo nacionalidad americana. Pero eh, crecí hasta los 16 años ahí en México con toda mi familia. Ahí. Y, con 
toda, o sea, no sabía inglés y eh, era nadador. Yo nadaba de chiquito, bueno, hasta de grande. Pero, bueno, no era nada. Practicaba la natación. Y a los 16 años, mis papás me dieron una opción para intentar eh, mejorar mi, mi nivel de natación, de irme a vivir con mis tíos en Nueva Jersey. Yo dije, sí, estaba bien asustado, claro, porque era prepa, entonces, ¿sabes? Cuando empiezas prepa, que te sientes bien chingón, te sientes, empiezas a hacer tu grupo de amigos y, y te sientes como el rey del mundo, que las niñas ya te empiezan a hacer caso... Y, eh, pero dije, bueno, va, o sea, voy un año, dije, me voy un año. Y ya me fui para allá y al final me quedé 10 años. Siento que mucho de mi, bueno, mi vida adulta me desarrollé allá. Y por eso siento esta, lo que tú dices, de que muchas cosas que, me, que no me identifico con los mexicanos o que no me identifico con los gringos. Por ejemplo, la cultura popular mexicana no me la sé muy bien. Cosas así, las, la, los corridos que todos mis amigos se las saben de memoria, yo no me lo sé. Eh, no sé quién era Bárbara de Regila hasta hace como 12 semanas. No, no entiendo. No, Dana Paola no sabía quién era. Eh, pero, pero bueno, esa es mi historia primero de, de mi parte este, mexicana. Como súper dividida tu vida cuando naciste a los 16 y de 16 hasta los... ¿26? 25, sí. Cinco. Bueno, sí, 26, 26, tiene razón. Pero sí, fue un como cambio muy brusco. Todavía me acuerdo cuando eh, por primera vez llegué a, a la prepa de Estados Unidos, me hablaba la gente y yo no tenía ni puta idea de qué me estaban diciendo. O sea, me acuerdo que me, que me daba tanta pena. O sea, ¿tú no, tú no aprendiste inglés en, en Morelia? Sí, o sea, sí sabía. Pero no sabía. O sea, la gente aprende a medias. Y bueno, este, esa es mi, mi historia de la parte mexicana. ¿Por qué no nos cuentas tú un poquito de la tuya? My story is pretty different from Rodrigo's because I actually just grew up in both uh, countries at the same time. Because I am from the border, I grew up in Ciudad Juárez which is right across El Paso, Texas. Um, I was born in El Paso, but I, I lived in, in Juarez all my life. And when I started to go to school, I think since kindergarten, maybe when I was around six years old, I started to go to school in El Paso, in an American school, which were, there were Mexicans, but n not that many. Like I think it would be maybe five to 10% of my generation, my class were Mexican. All of them were American. No Paso? Uh-huh. So you think maybe, I mean, there were other schools in El Paso that have a bigger population of Mexicans, but I think the schools that I went to were, the majority were Americans. So even if we had Mexican friends, we would still speak in English because we were with Americans, you know, but once we were alone, we would talk Spanish. I remember the first day of school and I didn't know English at all. Like I, I, I mean, the good thing was I started pretty young learning the language, but I remember that, that I couldn't understand anyone. And I think it was until like first grade which, where I thought I was cool because I finally could understand everyone. So I think it was like my first year of kindergarten where 
I was like learning English. And then first grade, I knew it. But the, the very important thing my parents always made us do was to speak Spanish in the house. Since we were eight hours in school, speaking all day English, we would come back to school and I remember my sister and I would start talking in English since it was just the language that we would be speaking all the time. And my parents would like not allow us to do that because- I think that's like the best thing you can do for mm -hmm. a kid. Especially like being Mexican parents, I think you get excited when you start hearing your kids talk in English fluent. And so you get really excited that like, oh, I could never talk like that. So you let them. And I know a lot of people that did let them speak English because of that like, excitement about it. And, and then they speak Spanish horribly. Yeah, like I have family members where, where I talk in Spanish to them and they respond to me in English because they understand Spanish, but they just feel very embarrassed to speak. Right. When they were little, they were too embarrassed to speak Spanish. So they, they were like, no, I'm American, which is weird too. Like I feel that people would hide when you're a kid. I don't know if that's a thing that you're like, you try to, you want to fit in so bad that you just want to be the majority of the kids. Right. Yeah. I mean, it happens for me when I'm a, I grew older too, not because I wanted to fit in, but because I feel like language, both languages are so different that um, I feel like I almost have two personalities either in Spanish or English. I mean, my humor is different, especially with girls. I remember like I couldn't really have a relationship in, in Spanish because I mean, I had girlfriends in Mexico, but it was it, it, when I switched to Spanish, like it felt weird to like talk about my feelings and things like that mm -hmm. in Spanish because I never really did that. And yeah, it felt like too you hard. Never, like, you never talked to girls. You never did pick up lines or things like that. No, I was or ugly. Well, I still am, but. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. No, like. I, I get it like the humor for me also is very different I oh if I would have said that in Spanish it would have been funnier and vice versa right I don't yeah. know humor is different but there are studies that when that you your personality does change when you speak a different language yeah because like I bet your brain like almost works in a different way I have a cousin that she's American she lived all their all her life there but you know, she still speaks Spanish because my uncle was the cousin I went to live with, actually. And mm -hmm. she's like the sweetest, sweetest little girl. Not little. She like she's like such a sweet person in in Spanish. Like everyone treats them like she's this little porcelain lady that uh, is really nice to everyone. But in English, she's like like sassy and and funny and is like sarcastic and personalities just like switch so much especially with those kind of people you know that have the lives two lives uh, at the same time in, in different places and I think that makes sense of her change like her personality being so different because I think her sweet Spanish personality side is because it's how she is with her family and then right. and when she speaks English that's like who she is with friends and school and like how she grew up with like how she grew up like so like even that maybe some people their personality just switches depending with who do they speak a certain language like for example for me and I think it's the same for you 
that when we study or when we read and write, we, it's just easy, easier for us to do it in English because that's the way we learn to do it in school. Like I learned yeah. just yeah, yeah, yeah. and read and write in English, but I, I am very much used to having a conversation more in Spanish. So I think like socially, for me, it's easier in Spanish and professionally, it's just easier for me in English. Exactly, same for me. I can express myself better in English because that's where I became an adult and I went to school and where I you know, really had to think and start reading and do all of these things that um, I didn't really do in Mexico because I was just a little kid. Now that I live in a Spanish-speaking country, I'm starting to feel it come back, right? I'm, I'm starting to find it easier to express myself in Spanish, and I'm even forgetting some things in English once in a while. So it's a, it's a matter of, of where you are the most, I think, too. Yeah, Rodrigo right now is in Barcelona. So yeah, he is speaking in Spanish all day, and also in school, you're doing your master's over there. Yeah, well, my school is in English, but oh, really? Everyone, oh. everyone speaks in Spanish except when the class is going on. Mm. Um, but or in Catalan, because everyone here speaks Catalan. Um, but yeah, I'm starting to to feel my Spanishness come back a little. Mm -hmm. I started I started to dream a lot more in Spanish, which is funny. Do you think um, in Spanish or in English? In both. I think. Yeah. When I hit my toe in the corner of the bed, I'll be like, hijo de su puta madre, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll be like, fuck, if I forget something. It's like, uh -huh. it's both. <laughs> and I'm sure, like, eventually, if I don't go back to the US, the US, it'll be mostly in Spanish. And if I don't practice, so that's why I'm trying to, like, keep up with it. It'd be interesting for you like to go back to the States and see how you feel. If you're going to feel at home or you're going to feel weirded out. I never felt like I wasn't at home when I was over there. Like I felt really comfortable most of the time. It was more of the people you're with. I feel like I've always felt like that. It's not about, I mean, of course, my family is in Mexico. I didn't feel like I was a stranger over there. I felt like I was really lucky with the people I got to hang out with mm -hmm. to to feel comfortable that doesn't mean that i never like experience some stupid little racist comments that people make to you when you're from mexico but uh, i never really never really felt bad about it i think there's there's issues in both places i think there's there's things that happen that you might not notice in mexico but they definitely do happen and um but yeah i mean Usually the condescending comments come from a person that lives in America that feels like Mexico is, uh, everyone walks around in a sombrero and um, rides in a donkey. But um, yeah, that'd be good to t talk about like the culture shift that we experience as someone from another place. And then coming back to a place where people really call you out on not really being Mexican, you know? Yeah, I think it's always both. We're too much of both. Too much of half. Too much of half. Um, I remember I told, I told you about, so if our three listeners want to uh, 
um, think a little bit. My mom and maybe my sister. <laughs> yeah, and Ricardo. And, uh, <laughs> okay, four. <laughs> a, a really good book on this that I told you is The Sympathizer by Viet Tan Nguyen. I'm not pronouncing that right, but it's a great book on identity and what it means to be an American and a, in this case, a Vietnamese person. So check it out, guys. Yeah, I'll put it in the description, guys. <laughs> Pero bueno, yo creo que ya con eso estamos. Todo bien, todo bien. Los que nos <laughs> Muchas gracias amigos por haber escuchado nuestro primer podcast. Espero que les haya gustado y nos vemos para el próximo.